The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. And of course, there's nothing wrong with expecting God to fill your mouth with food to eat and things like that. But um, beyond that, there are so many things God can fill our mouths with. And one of the things God can put in our mouths for us to speak and to declare is his wisdom. Somebody say divine wisdom. So say with me tonight, say precious Holy Spirit. We're just going to take a few minutes to pray this. I ask you right now, as I open my mouth and I pray in other tongues, as I yield my tongues to you, and I open my mouth, fill my mouth with your wisdom right now. The wisdom I need for this season, for the different aspects of my life, the wisdom that will bring breakthrough, the wisdom that will bring increase, the wisdom that will bring acceleration and progress into every area of my life. I ask you to fill my mouth with that wisdom I stand in faith that as I begin to speak with the utterance that you give me, I will speak the wisdom of God over my life in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth, begin to pray, pray in the Holy Ghost and pray in faith. The Bible says we speak wisdom. We speak wisdom, not the wisdom of this age, of the rulers of this age, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Oh, fill our mouths with wisdom right now. Grant us utterance of wisdom that will make a change in our everyday lives, that will bring testimony after testimony, victory after victory, breakthrough after breakthrough. We pray in the name of Jesus. I want everyone that can pray in the spirit to open their mouths and pray and believe God for wisdom wisdom of God download it and we trust God for that wisdom right now Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for revelation. Thank you for illumination. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for the counsel. That I need for this season. Oh, Yakala Brigade Begida Bababa. Oh, Shaka Yelepe Yalabindi. Oh, Gadege Yakata Gede Brigade. Oh, Shata Yalababa Bababa. 
just a few more seconds just speak in faith if you need to shut your eyes so you can focus you can do that just pray by the help of the Holy Ghost right now Maya la brekedosu, akata yele pesata, renda ba ya la pekede, oh ya la ba 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 ba, egele vrekede prosoto, akata kaye kede verekende, akata ya la ba 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 ba, oh ya la brekede bosoto, akata ya la sadaga ya la brekede besha, maya la bro yekede vrekede ba 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 ba, oh kata sata gedeke regeda basha kata. Yala pasata ba yala ba 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 ba. Eh yala vregeda basata papa. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Eh yala basata pa yala ba. We give you praise. We give you praise. Oh, sata yala vregeda ba 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 ba. We give you praise. We give you praise. Eh yakala vregeda basata pa ba ba. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We invite you into our midst tonight. Have your way, oh God. Speak to our hearts one by one. Touch us one and all. Let nobody return the same way they came. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. I, I want you to just maintain um, a spirit of reverence or an attitude of reverence. You can be seated. Please, let's, let's take our seats. Glory, glory be to God. And let's turn to Acts chapter 2. Hallelujah. Let me ask your neighbor, how, was your, how has your week been so far? We're still in the middle of the week. Has God been good to you? Acts chapter 2. Hallelujah. Praise God. I, I, I feel... Um, we are still going to do a bit more praying, so please make sure where you are seated, you are very comfortable, and you can yield very comfortably to the Holy Spirit. And even those of you that may be streaming at home, um, just set up yourselves. Acts chapter 2, let's just read from verses 1 to 4, familiar text. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Hallelujah. Somebody say sound from heaven. Glory be to God. So it was a very dramatic, hallelujah, a very dramatic entrance by the Holy Ghost. And it came suddenly. There came a sound from heaven. I was talking to us about that um, yesterday, I mean on Sunday about the sounds that we make. And I, I want you to take note of that. As of a mighty rush, a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. Praise God. And one sat upon each of them. Everyone, the Holy Ghost sat on everyone that was in that upper room. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak. Somebody say, began to speak. 
with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Glory, glory be to God. Now, if you go back to chapter 1, just for context and to remind us, um, Jesus had died and Jesus had resurrected from the dead. And the Bible told us that he appeared to the disciples after his resurrection. And um, he spent about 40 days with them. And he was the one that actually instructed them to go to that upper room. Um, in verse, glory be to God, um, verse 4, the latter part of verse 4, he told them that they should wait for the promise of the Father. And of course, he was referring to the Holy Spirit. He told them, go and wait um, in Jerusalem, in that upper room. And if you read on verses 4 and 5, he said, um, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit um, not many days from now. Hallelujah. Now, notice Jesus did not tell them anything about speaking in tongues. Jesus did not tell them anything about baptism of fire. That fire will appear upon them. He just told them, go and wait in that upper room. Of course, they were praying and seeking God and expecting something to happen like Jesus said. Um, Jesus told them that the Holy Ghost will come the promise of the Father that you have heard from me. He had told them about the Holy Ghost. Um, he had taught about it severally. John chapter 7, John chapter 14, John chapter 16. He had told them many, many things about the Holy Spirit. And remember in this phase, Acts chapter 1 told us that he was teaching them about things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. How they were now going to... Um, individually and collectively operate the kingdom of God that they were now going to be walking in and they were now going to have to deal with. Hallelujah. Um, in verses 7 and 8, or particularly verse 8, he also told them, you shall receive power. Acts 1 verse 8, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Again, notice he did not tell them anything about speaking with other tongues there. He just told them certain things will happen, that they will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Um, and then that they will be empowered. Glory be to God. And they were expecting these things to happen. And what we read in Acts chapter 2 verses 1 to 4 was the actual manifestation of what God, Jesus had told them would happen to them. And um, again, it was very dramatic. You know, it's one thing for God to promise you something. Please pay very close attention to what I'm saying. I know we're a bit familiar with this, but I want to point out something to us that I believe God is leading us to. It's one thing for God to promise you something or for you to 
see a promise of God in the word, whether it's a promise of the Holy Ghost or promise of prosperity or promise of healing or promise of deliverance, anything, or promise that God will use you. Like Jesus told them, said the Holy Ghost is going to come and after he comes and he baptizes you with power, then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea. In other words, God will begin to use you um, in ways you probably were not aware of. Hallelujah. And this is something God wants to do for all of us as children. It's another thing uh, when you have that promise. It's another thing um, how that promise now comes into manifestation or how it is delivered, and most importantly, how you begin to cooperate with walking in the manifestation of that promise. Hallelujah. All they were told is that the Holy Ghost was going to come. They were told that the Holy Ghost was going to baptize them. They were told that the Holy Ghost was going to um, empower them and enable them. In another place, Jesus had told them about the, the fire of the Holy Ghost and he, he, he described him as a cleansing fire, that a fire that comes to purify the chaff out of the wheat. He had taught them a lot about the Holy Ghost, but I'm just basically focusing on um, this final thing he told them in Acts chapter 1. And when chapter 2 came, somehow, somehow, we, 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 the Bible, there are certain things the Bible doesn't tell us. And please take note of that. I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to touch on that a bit tonight. But they were able to just get into the flow with the Holy Spirit. Even though they, they were never told specifically they will have to speak in tongues and speak by the Spirit. Somehow, they just got into the rhythm of it. Hallelujah. And it's as they got into the rhythm of speaking by the Spirit and declaring by the Spirit that everything that now took place in their lives, recorded in the book of Acts specifically, started coming to pass after the other. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. And it's so important that we learn from that kind of experience. Because many times what we are looking for is not far from us. What we want to experience from God is not far from us. But for one reason or the other, we are not um, connecting with the flow to make it a reality. Praise God. And um, recently, God has been... Um, laying on my heart, go back to basic, simple things that people just need to grasp. That's why I started talking about on Sunday. And a lot has to do with how you use your mouth. Hallelujah. A lot has to do with the sound and the words that you are allowing to come out of your mouth. How the disciples or the apostles 
um, knew that this was what they were supposed to do. And I don't think it's a matter of they knew. It was just a matter of the fact that they were yielded and perhaps ready. They had been in that room for several days. They had been waiting on what God had told them was going to happen for several days. So perhaps, maybe it was the drama of the occasion. The Bible said the Holy Ghost came. There was a loud sound. It came like a mighty rushing wind. Maybe that affected it. But the most important thing is that the, once that infilling or that baptism took place, and once that empowerment of the Spirit started happening with them, they knew that even though they were not specifically instructed by Jesus before, they had to speak. And it was in that place of speaking and yielding their mouth and their tongue that a lot of everything that happened in their ministry and their lives began to happen. Like I shared with us on Sunday, um, let me, we should go back there again. Romans chapter 10, please open to there again. The solution is in our mouths. Glory be to God. The answer is in your mouth. And how we use our mouth is one major thing that we want to deal with in this season. Glory, glory be to God. Romans um, 10 again. Verse 8. Romans 10 and 8. For what does it say? The word is near you. Somebody say, the word is near me. On Sunday, I emphasize the place of the sound. The sound that needs to be coming. We are talking about um, shock therapy and just creating that impact and that wave that will make things happen. It's inside your mouth. Hallelujah. The word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. There has to be that heart and mouth connection. The word of faith, which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth, somebody say, with my mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That word there again is sozo. It's not just talking about being born again. It's talking about everything that has to do with salvation, financial salvation, health salvation, marital salvation, family salvation. It's in our mouths. Hallelujah. And what God really wants us to start doing is to start using our mouths to speak and to declare, to make sounds, to speak words, to speak wisdom. Many times we may not even fully understand the extent to which it's going, but by faith. When the apostles started speaking in that upper room, um, they didn't fully understand what was going on. It took them years after to come to a place where people like Paul and people like Jude and people like James and all the other apostles could now start teaching the depths of the secrets, and I believe I'm going to go into that, of what it really means to speak in tongues. So when you read Apostle Paul's letters in 1 Corinthians, or if, yeah, when he told them, particularly chapter 14, when he tried to break down what happens when you speak in tongues, that when a man speaks in other tongues, he's talking to God. They didn't know all that in chapter 2. Apostle Paul was not even in Acts chapter 2. They didn't know. When James said that the... Um, 
um, okay, what James said was, honest, fervent prayer of righteous man makes tremendous power available. But when you read Jude, sorry, when Jude said that, keeping yourself in, in, in the love of God, by praying in the Holy Ghost, see, those things came over time of them yielding to the Holy Spirit and practicing the place of speaking and releasing words and releasing sounds. It was after that the understanding and the revelation, the detailed revelation of what they were doing to the point where they could teach it. What they were really just doing was cooperating with the Holy Ghost. I don't know whether you've had this experience. I've had it many times. I will spend time praying in the Spirit, sometimes days and things like that. And maybe one day I will just wake up and I will just, some things will just be clearer to me. And in the process of now trying to apply those things, the Holy Ghost now says to me, these are the things you've been praying for the last few days. This is the understanding of what is going on. Hallelujah. Praise God. So one of the most fundamental things we can teach to believers these days is to teach them the practice of using your mouth to speak and to make sounds by the help of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm, I'm deliberately saying sound. Of course, one, God told me to talk about that yesterday because sometimes it's also in the worship that you, um, that you are making. It's not just that you are making a confession or you are making a declaration. Sometimes it's just you are worshiping God by the Spirit. Apostle Paul said, what is it then? I will speak in the Spirit. So when I pray in the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 14, my, my, my mind is unfruitful. What is it then? I will speak in the Spirit, and I will speak in the understanding. I will sing in the Spirit. I will sing in the understanding also. The important thing is that I'm just using my mouth to speak. Sing words, make sounds by the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm believing in my heart that the Spirit of God resides in me and is giving me utterance, giving me sounds to make. It can be words, it can be worship, it can be laughter. Somebody say sounds. It, it, it's, not, it's not just about um, speaking sentences or speeches, no. It's allowing the Holy Ghost to just express himself through you. And it's an operation of faith. Praise God forevermore. And it's something we all have to get very comfortable with as a day-to-day -day experience. Psalm chapter 1. Let's go there tonight. I hope you are following me tonight. We're going somewhere very powerful. Now, before we read Psalm 1, Psalm 1 is, um, again, we are familiar with it. Very similar to what God told Joshua in Joshua 1.8. Um, this book of the law, we'll have to read on Sunday, shall not depart of your mouth. You shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do all that is written therein. And what will happen if you will do that? If you will put, God told Joshua there, the law of Moses or the words in the law of Moses. Moses wrote five books. They, were, they, they didn't have, Joshua did not have the entire Bible. All they had was the laws of Moses. And God's instruction to Joshua, and even to the children of Israel, God told him, teach these words to your children. 
Write it on the walls in your house. Write it um, or as um, things that I can carry on their, on their neck and read on their arms and things like that. He wanted them to not just, it's interesting again, it's not that God wanted them to know the law. Of course, he wanted them to know the law. It's not that God wanted them to see the law. Of course, he wanted them to see the law. But most importantly, he wanted them to speak it. To sound it. Hallelujah. And it's very, very instructive and powerful that that was what God told Joshua. You are taking over from Moses. You are going to lead these people into the promised land. Moses couldn't finish the job for one reason, but this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. And I love something very powerful that Dr. K has been emphasizing a lot recently, that talking about the fact that Christ to us today is both the power and the wisdom of God. You see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And under the ministry of Moses, the major force that God used in the ministry of Moses to deliver the children of Israel out of bondage and to bring them out of the tyranny of Pharaoh and Egypt was the power of God. Somebody say the power of God. And you know when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you pray by the power of God. That's something the apostles found out later on. That's something they found out in the other, that it makes power available and things like that. You are charging up yourself like a battery. Like Paul told the Corinthians as well. They found them. They, Acts chapter 2, they, they didn't have all that revelation. They didn't have all that revelation. But when Joshua was not going to take over, the Bible told us that Moses laid hands on him. And interestingly, it wasn't that Joshua was now filled with power. The Bible said Joshua was filled with wisdom. And that was how Joshua operated. The spirit of wisdom. And God was now telling him here, put my words in your mouth, the law in your mouth, and be speaking it. I, I, I touched on this um, on Sunday, I want to use Psalm 1 again to teach on it again. God told him day and night. So you, you know Psalm 1, um, blessed is the man that walks. So what I was going to say with that Joshua power and wisdom is, that's one way to activate the wisdom of God. All the things Joshua was able to do, and that spirit of wisdom that he was filled with, of course, Joshua also walked in power. He had to fight a lot of battles and to win. But that spirit of wisdom, when God now gave him those instructions, Joshua wanted to be speaking the law day and night. That's how he kept that spirit of wisdom flowing. And you know the Holy Ghost is the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Are you still with me here tonight? So, um, Psalm 1, we see something very similar. Exactly what God told Joshua. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in, again, the law of the Lord. When you and I read this today, we'll say his delight is in the word of God, which is true. It's true. What they had then, again, was the Old Testament, the laws of Moses. But notice the word here is that it's the law. And that's what God gave them to work with in those days. And what does he do with the law? In that law, again, what? He meditates day and night. What God told Joshua to do. 
what will happen? It shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season. Whatever it does will prosper. You will make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. Hallelujah. Now, I didn't touch on this on Sunday and I want to stress this here. When God told Joshua to meditate, and of course when we think about meditate, we are thinking about thinking and reflecting deeply. But the true real meaning of meditation is to mutter. Yes, you are going to think, please hear me and hear me very carefully here. All these things I'm talking about is next level living, how to work in it. And I'm really coming down to where do you start from? Where do you start from? And I'm telling you, you start from your mouth. The sound in your mouth. And I'm, I, I mean, when, when, on Sunday again, when God told me, emphasize sound. See, sometimes, please hear me and hear me very well. Particularly those of us in the New Testament church, we, Pentecostal church, Bible church, we emphasize the place of word. And we are not wrong. We are not wrong. But this sound of the Spirit is not limited to words. Watch this in the book of Romans. I'm, I'm, I'm jumping here. I'm coming back to Psalm 1. But please, go. I want to show you this. Oh, should I just quote it? Romans chapter 8. Remember when he said that we don't know what to pray for as we ought. I think we can quote it. But he said, the Spirit helps our infirmities. He helps us to make what? He didn't say words there. What did he say? Groanings. Groanings that cannot be made in articulate speech. That's how it, it was in Romans chapter 8. Hallelujah. Let, let me read it. Romans 8.26. And please follow what I'm saying this evening. This, this is so powerful. This is so simple. I think where we have missed it today, and perhaps because um, we are probably more privileged than the apostles in, in the book of Acts, that they didn't have any book to read. They didn't have any forerunner that had written... Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John for them and Acts and that downloaded Revelation and interpreted it. They had to be learning it on the go. Hallelujah. They, they just had to be so totally yielded to the Holy Spirit and learning the flow as they were going. And maybe sometimes we have been overthought or too taught and we've missed certain basic things. Romans 8 26 says that we have a weakness. We do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit makes decision for us, watch this, with groanings, which cannot be uttered. King James says, um, or not King James, other than just words that cannot be made in articulate speech. And what is he saying? There are certain sounds that the Spirit helps you to make that words cannot carry it. Hallelujah. On one level, that tells us that when we are praying, and by the way, speaking by the Spirit goes beyond prayer. Let me get a bit ahead of myself. Sometimes when you talk to Pentecostal people today, we are, we are, we are, we are bringing speaking by the Spirit to in, just into the box of prayer. And that's why many people in the church today, particularly the young believers, they only speak in tongues when it's time to pray. <laughs> Hallelujah. And many people only pray when there's a problem. When there's a challenge. 
And that is perhaps challenge that they have tried to solve in their own strength that <laughs> answer has not come. Ah. <laughs> Remember this story I used to say that some guys got into an elevator and the elevator stopped and they banged, they kicked and kicked, they shouted, they kicked and nobody answered. There were about three or four of them inside the elevator. Then somebody now said, ah, maybe we should pray. <laughs> Then I was like, has he come to that? <laughs> that? That's how many young, particular, not even young, I dare to say most of us in church treat speaking by the Spirit or praying in tongues. It's an has it come to that issue. So it's not what God was telling Joshua or what the psalmist was telling us. It's not a day and night issue. It's a, I have come to a problem that my mind cannot fathom. After all, the time when I pray in tongues, my mind is not fruitful. I don't know what else to do. It's now time to bring out the Holy Ghost. And it's now time to scabash or something. And there's some results you get at that level, but it misses the entire point of the teaching. And it misses the entire revelation behind what God is trying to do. When the Holy Ghost came, the first introduction of the Holy Ghost, Jesus told them, wait in that upper room. I'm going to send you the Holy Ghost. You are not supposed to do this. You are supposed to do without the Holy Ghost. It's a load of instruction that the first thing he started doing, and the only thing he started doing with them, apart from the fact that he made a lot of noise, he came like a man, he started speaking through them. He started speaking through them. And interestingly, the Bible did not say they were praying. The Bible said that what they were actually doing, they were speaking the languages of other people, and what the other people had them was that they were magnifying God. They were not praying. They were praising God, as it were. They had them magnify God in their own languages. Hallelujah. And that's the key to this, or a major key to this thing. So, Psalm 1 again, please go back there. I, I quickly want to go somewhere tonight, and I know my time is almost up. But please, please catch this, catch this. Hallelujah. So, again in Psalm 1, it's exactly the same instruction that God gave Joshua that we see here. Um, meditate on the Lord day and night. Meditate on the Lord day and night. And... Um, we won't see shall not depart out of your mouth here in Psalm 1. We saw that in Joshua 1.8. But again, to meditate means to be muttering something to yourself. So, for example, if I were to meditate on Psalm 1, and particularly the promise of the blessing in Psalm 1 that says, I shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, and I shall bring forth my fruit in my season, my leaves are not without whatever I, I, I do will prosper. What meditation means is I'm trying to get that into my mind, into my heart, into my being. Please hear me and hear me very well. And the process by which I do that is I put it in my mouth. And notice it says you do it day and night. So when I wake up, maybe eventually when I get up from my bed, I'm telling myself I shall be like a tree planted. It, it means to mutter something really under your breath, I shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. 
Whatsoever I do shall prosper. This, this is what it means day and night. I'm taking my bath in the shower to go to work. I bring it up again. I'm muttering it to myself. I shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. My leaves shall not wither. Whatsoever I do. It, it's something I do. Please understand where I'm going tonight. It's something I do as I'm going about my day-to-day activities. I'm driving to work. I'm actually having a conversation with my wife. We are talking about the children. Oh, what are they going to do this holiday? They have several hours. Oh, we're going to go, okay, we're going to do that. And in the break where we are not saying anything, I go back to our meditation. I shall be like um, a tree playing by the rivers of water. My leaves also shall not wither. Also, I may even be saying that I'm having a conversation with her. She doesn't even know that, that that's what I'm meditating on. This is meditation. It's not about me entering my prayer closet. Nothing wrong with entering your prayer closet. I'm not wrong with praying. It's not about me um, abandoning everything else I'm doing. When God told Joshua and when the psalmist said, day and night, putting the law, he said this guy delights in it. So he enjoys it. He's eager to do it. And he's meditating on it day and night. More to myself. I get to walk. Um, I'm sitting on my table. I shall be like a triple by the river. So whatever I lay my hands on shall prosper. I may just take one part. My leaves also shall not wither. I, I taught you something about Abraham in Romans chapter 4. Where the Bible said, of all the, the conversations God had with Abraham, he said, so shall your seed be. Just that phrase. That wasn't all God told him. What God told him, so shall be, if you can number the stars in the sky. But I was studying that one day and God said, that, that was Abraham's meditation. So shall my seed be. So shall my seed be. And it, it was written in italics. It meant, you see Abraham everywhere, that's what is in his mouth. So shall my seed be. So shall my seed be. He's saying it, muttering it to himself. Please hear me, hear me. I'm going somewhere very powerful tonight. I couldn't get there on Sunday. I want to go there tonight. Very, very important. And we'll continue next Sunday. He's saying that to himself. And he's saying it to get into his mind so that anything contrary to that will eventually be pushed out of his mind. So all the things in his mind, trying to tell him, you will never have children. You are too old. Sarah's womb is dead. You have passed your time. You have missed your opportunity. As he's muttering, so shall my seed be. So shall, those things are being taken out of his mind. Then that word is going into his heart, knocking out all the unbelief and the doubt. As he's muttering it to himself, saying it to himself, his mind is being renewed, hallelujah. His heart is being strengthened with faith. That's what God was telling Joshua and these people to do. It's not about prayer time, and I'm not knocking prayer time. It's not about when we pray to church. It's not about my one hour, I want to build up faith. I said, mm-mm, mm-mm. It's day and night. Somebody say day and night. night. Hallelujah. Now hear me. I said this on Sunday. I want to say it again. For us in the New Testament church, it's not the book of the law we are to meditate on. And you are not wrong by meditating on the... We can interpret this today. Okay, I'm to meditate on the word of God. So I can take Psalm 1, which is an Old Testament book of the law, and meditate on it. And we have scriptures that tell us that let the word of God dwell in your heart richly. So I can take a promise that Jesus made um, in the gospels or anywhere and to meditate on that. That is true. That is, there's nothing wrong with that. But 
it wasn't the words of the New Testament that God gave the church as a replacement of the law. I, I wish I'm going to, I hope I'm going to get in time, I can, I can talk about this by the scriptures, but what God used to replace the law of the Old Testament, the law of Moses and the five books of law, was the Holy Spirit. God gave them under the Old Covenant, particularly the covenant of Moses, the commandments, the Ten Commandments, and all the other laws and instruction under the Old Testament. Are you with me? In the New Testament, God didn't give us, it's not that God gave us Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Epistle Paul, Epistle, mm, that wasn't what it is. What God gave was Acts chapter 2. If you remember, the, the, the law of Moses came Mount Sinai when they were traveling from Egypt. That's when God called Moses up to come and take the law and it came. Acts chapter 2, the upper room was like Mount Zion. When the whole, just the same, in fact, the same description. When God came down under the Old Testament to give them the law, the presence of God filled the top of the mountain. There was smoke and thunder and lightning, like they said. I, I, I don't want to go into that tonight because that's a study on its own. But maybe we'll get that into this. But what changed, and please, this is so important. What changed between the Old Testament and the New Testament was under the Old Testament, they were giving laws and command, and those laws are the word of God. See, today when you and I read and we say the law, we pick out promises like I shall be like a tree by the rivers of water. But Joshua meditating on the law will include all those ceremonial laws, how to kill the goats, how to deal with the intestines, what to do, the things that you and I throw away. <laughs> That we, I get what I'm saying. You know, we now we will just pick the ones that sounds very good to us, and and there's nothing wrong with that. But like I said on Sunday, this meditating on the Lord day and night, what you are supposed to do is actually what the apostles did in Acts chapter two. It's meditating on the words of the Spirit day and night. Praying in the spirit, muttering by the spirit. Interestingly, that is what you can do day and night. You can, you can meditate on the word, and you can. You can take scriptures, you can take confession and be meditating. But one thing anybody, any, anyone in the church today can do, you don't even have to know the word, you can start speaking. When you wake up in the morning, you're having a conversation with your wife. On the way to, oh, what, what are you going to do for children on the day? As you're having a conversation, you can pick a shoulder. Blah, blah. You, you are speaking and you are muttering by the Spirit, day and night. Hallelujah. And it's the same effect. As you keep speaking by the Holy Spirit like that, after a while, it will start bringing this. Of course, you should spend time in the Word. Of course, you should pray and all those things. I'm not knocking that. He will start helping you to renew your mind. Hallelujah. And He will start helping you to be rooted in faith. For that's what Jude said. Look, look at Jude 20. Hallelujah. That's exactly what Jude said, particularly the faith part. Look at Jude 20 again. Jude verse 20. But you, beloved, building up yourself upon your most holy faith, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of the Lord. Am I right or am I right? Romans chapter 10 teaches that. Praise God. 
But that's not what Jude is talking about here. What Jude is talking about here is Joshua 1, 8, Psalm 1. Building up yourself upon your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Speaking by the Holy Spirit, muttering to yourself. Training a day and night pattern. Let me get to where I'm going now. I think I've, I finally walked my way there. Somebody's out there at night. Where it's a habit. You are muttering. And you are doing it from a place of meditation. See, he said when you pray in the spirit, your mind is unfruitful. So you are not praying from your mind. You are praying from your inner man. You are praying from your spirit. And what you are doing is speaking words. And those words are the words of God. Not only are you speaking the words of God. Yes, you are speaking the ministry. You are making the sound of heaven. You are speaking with the authority of the Holy Ghost. The wisdom of the Holy Ghost. Everything the Holy Ghost carries. And with time, it will be renewing your mind. Sometimes it will speak scriptures. The Holy Ghost will never speak something contrary to scriptures. In fact... Glory be to God. All the writings we have in the New Testament, they were written by people that prayed in the Holy Ghost a lot. It was the mysteries and revelations that God by praying the Spirit that the Holy Ghost now opened. Oh, so when I pray in the Spirit, I'm talking to God. Apostle Paul now taught us that in 1 Corinthians 14. When I pray in the Spirit, I'm building my faith. Jude wrote it down here. But it's not just for writing Bible or teaching. It's for life. Hallelujah. You will make your way prosperous. The, the businessman believer that will learn to mutter in the spirit day and night. Somebody shout day and night again. Muttering in the spirit. Muttering in the spirit. Muttering in the spirit. Muttering in the spirit. And you are doing it with your heart connected Again, to the point where after a while, the Holy Ghost starts interpreting some things to you to help you renew your mind and it will be building up yourself on your most holy faith. I love the other things he says he does when we build ourselves on most holy faith. Verse 21 says, keep yourselves in the love of God. Keeps you in that place where you can receive the love of God, understand the love of God, and walk in the love of God. And he talked about looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. So many things happen when you mutter in the spirit or pray in the spirit. It's speaking by the spirit. It's the equivalent of trying to put the words of God, everything written in the law, to start learning it one by one. God has given us a hyper model by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Where all you need is just faith to start speaking as often as you can. Apostle Paul told the Corinthians, I thank God I pray in tongues more than all of you. Let me now close. Please, this is where I'm going. Hallelujah. In um, first, which one should we use? Let's use first chronicles. First chronicles. Um, okay, let's use second Samuel. I just want to give you the reference. I won't have time to read it tonight. This is where I'm going. Let me close with this. Second Samuel chapter 6. Hallelujah. Somebody open your mouth and just speak in other tongues right where you are seated. Just speak. Mutter in the spirit. 
con, con, from your heart through your lips, mutter, just mutter in the, in the Holy Ghost just for a minute. As you open to Second Samuel chapter 6, Makato soto payala brekedo sata. Eh yala preketo soto payala pakada baba baba baba. Yangedo sakata yala prekedo sata. Eh yata sata yaraba. Thank you, Lord, for understanding. Thank you for illumination. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. You see, when you begin to take this principle of making the sound of heaven, it's interesting that they said when the Holy Ghost, it came with like a sound from heaven. And you know that's what the Holy Ghost is helping you to do, whether it's like he's using words or he's using joy, laughter, or singing or whatever it is. When, when you begin to... Um, use your mouth that way. You now read scriptures like a man's belly will be satisfied with the words of his mouth. It gives it a new shade of meaning. Because before then, at least, the way I interpreted it and I thought it was that when you start confessing the word of God and declaring the promises of God, it will bring manifestation of what the promises says into your life. It's true. But that's being satisfied and being fooled by whatever. It's also speaking by the Spirit. In fact, it's more of speaking by the Spirit than just declaring the Word of God. Hallelujah. All right, let me close because of time. Is somebody getting something tonight? So, 2 Samuel 6, we read this lovely story about after David had become king and he wanted to go and bring back the ark of God into Jerusalem. I don't know whether you're familiar with that story. The, before David had become king, had become king the, um, the, the, is it the Philistines? Yeah, they had defeated the children of Israel. They had captured the ark. Paul, um, King Saul had died and things like that. They had taken the ark. And while the ark was with the Philistines, God's power manifested. He destroyed their gods. Sickness broke out in their cities. So they returned the ark to the territory of the children of Israel. But this was even before King Saul died that they captured the ark. He had no interest in the ark. So it was, the ark was just forgotten. Now that ark, if you know the Old Testament, it marked the presence, hallelujah, of God in the nation of Israel. That was where they believed the presence of God dwelt. And if you remember, the ark was captured in the days of the, um, that Eli, the priest Eli. And when it was captured, his daughter said, ah, the glory has departed. God has abandoned Israel. Eli fell on his child, on his, um, on his, he was sitting on his throne, he died, his children died. All kinds of funny things happened. And they went into a, a time of decline. That ark represented what the presence of God living in that ark, living with the people of God. Now bring that to the New Testament. What does it mean for the Holy Ghost to dwell inside the believer? Talk to me, church. What does that mean? What's dwelling inside of you? The presence of God. God himself dwells inside of us. So the story here, David wanted to go and bring back the ark. And he had conquered. The ark was there. He got the people, got the priests. They went to carry the ark. Please watch this. Watch this. I'm closing. Just a few more minutes. And the main instruction I want to leave with us as we go tonight. Because I believe we are stepping into something as a church. Something very powerful. They went to get the ark. But instead of putting it on the shoulders of the priests, 
That was how God instructed them to do it in the law and what they were supposed to do. They put the ark in a cart carried by animals. That was how the Philistines, please watch, 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 brought, I'm going to probably continue with this on Sunday a bit more, but that's how the Philistines brought the ark back into the nation of Israel. But they were unbelievers. They did not know the ways of God. Or they were not taught or instructed in the ways of God. So they, to them, whether you use a car or you use a plane to carry the ark, it didn't make any difference. So as they were carrying the ark on that mule and that animal, it got to a place where it stumbled. It was never supposed to be carried on the cart. You can read all these stories in 2 Samuel 6. And I believe 1 Chronicles 13. Yeah, it was recorded in two parts of the Bible. It now looked as if the ark was going to stumble. And Uzzah, how many of you know the story, tried to reach out to, was doing a good thing, to save the ark. Ah, ark and the ark of God for. And what happened? God struck him and he died. <laughs> and everybody was afraid. What David had advertised to be a glorious thing, they were singing, they were dancing, I'm going to bring back the ark to Jerusalem, to the house of the king, I'm bringing the presence of God. So David was now afraid. And David told them, no, I don't want the ark in Jerusalem. If this thing can kill you, I don't want to die. <laughs> no, don't bring it to my ark. So watch. The Bible now told us they took the ark to the house of one Obedidom. All we could deduce from the way the story went that the guy was a poor guy. I don't think they liked him. And he probably was dispensable. <laughs> Probably was dispensable. I don't think David was his friend. It was his friend. Because, just. But the scriptures told us that in three months, somebody shall three months. And this is Old Testament. Because of the ark that was in Obedidom's house. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Um, where's the verse again? Uh, let, let me, okay. I can just skip it. You see there in Second Corinthians that God bless the house of Obedidom. And look at it. Because the presence of God was in his house. And this is where the Bible is silent. What Obedidom did with the ark, the Bible didn't tell us. But we know he did not do what Uzzah did. Because it will have died. In fact, before David went to get the ark... When the Philistines returned the ark to the people of Israel, I can't remember the community of those people, they opened the ark. You're not supposed to open the ark. Those people opened it, they lifted up mercy. You're not supposed to. They all died. Thousands of them died. Everybody. So that's why they just left the ark in the bush somewhere. Just because it was killing people. So this is years later. David had now become king. I, I need to wrap up. So they, but please, watch where I'm going. Somebody now... What was killing people everybody was afraid of? It was in this guy's house and the exact opposite. So then I came to tell David, wow, God has blessed. And so it wasn't spiritual blessing. Maybe he bought the first jet in Israel or something. Then I came to tell God has blessed the house of Obedidom. Come and see. And David was so impressed when he had testimony. He now had courage. Go and bring me to I want those kind of blessings. There is something about 
And this, this, this is what's happening to, for most of us Christians. We are not responding to the act. The act to us is the Holy Spirit. We are not responding to the act like you ought to. It's like what Paul told about the communion. He said, many of you are sick. Many of you are weak. And many of you have slept because you did not discern the Lord's body. You did not understand what the body of Jesus meant and what the blood of Jesus meant. If you will discern the Lord's body, number one, you will not be sick. They were eating communion and falling sick. You are not supposed to be sick if you eat communion the right way. You are not supposed to not be blessed if you carry the ark. You are the ark today, you. You and I, all of us, believers. We are the obedidoms today. But just like people made a mistake, carry the ark inside the cart. That's not what God said. Or when Tessa opened the ark, tried to see what God put inside. You are not supposed to do that. That's not what God said. Or try to carry it. You are making a mistake. The same way Christians are not speaking by the Spirit. That's the first thing the Holy Ghost came when he did. That's the first thing. And it's because we have miscued the whole thing. There are some people in their mind is, hey, the only time they are when they come for night vigil. When they, it's wrong. It's a day and night thing. This is what God told me. He said, challenge your church members. Anybody that would train themselves. Somebody said, train yourselves. Because really, that's what Psalm 1 and Joshua 1 is saying. I'm going to show you so many other scriptures going in this section to speak by the Spirit, mutter by the Spirit. From your heart to day and night. Make the sound of heaven with you. That's what you are supposed to do with the presence of the Holy Ghost in your life. That's what you, that, that's where you should, it's not the only thing we are going to do, but that's where to start from. That's where to start from. We don't know exactly what Obedidom did. The scriptures was very quiet about it. But one thing we can determine is that he responded to the ark the way for the ark to bless you. There's a way you respond to the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Praise God. The, the, the apostles got it right in the book of Acts. If David did not know and the priest did not know about how to handle the ark, Obedidom could never, it wasn't just it's not that he had great insight that he was probably a very poor guy, probably a very ordinary guy. But somehow, somehow, we can know he did not try to open the ark. He did not put the ark on. He, he must have reverenced that thing. Maybe himself was afraid or so, but we don't know. But three months later, somebody said just a short while, his levels changed. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, church, if we can, and we all are different levels, we need to know different things, but if we can, every individual, everybody listening to me in the church, can learn to speak as you ought by the Spirit. If most of what is coming through your mouth, because you are not the one carrying the ark, most likely you are not responding the way, but if you can, and it starts with the mouth. And know how to just flow with him. See, there are so many things the Bible tells us about the Holy Spirit. Quench not the Holy Spirit. And all those kind of things. But the beginning point, somebody said the beginning point, 
is these words of the Spirit shall not depart out of your mouth. That's, that's what the book of the law is today. Day and night, just be speaking. Because there are times where you want to pray fervently, pray fervently. I want to pray for one hour, pray for one hour. I want to pray two hours. Mm, there's nothing wrong with all that. Those are the things we have taught people in church. And there's nothing wrong with them because they're also scriptural. But we've missed this one. The main person, rise on your feet, let's close. The main thing, the main person controlling the words of your mouth should be what? The presence of God inside of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And this is what God told me to tell us. We are talking about next levels. You want a drastic change in your life. Three months. Really and truly, it won't take three months for the new covenant believer. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. If you can, hallelujah. If you can, put the words of the Holy Ghost in your mouth as you ought and mutter day and night, speak day and night by the Holy Spirit. Glory be to God. I'm telling you, days, weeks, and months from now, we will see your own obedidom type of testimony in the name of Jesus. Lift those hands to him where you are. Come on, open your mouth and just pray in the Holy Ghost just for a few minutes as we close tonight. Those of you watching at home, wherever you are, lift your hands, join us. What I'm telling you to do is this. You, you carry the Spirit of God inside of you. You carry the ark of God inside of you. How are you flowing with him? And I tell you the answer is in your mouth. And I invite you to this challenge. It's just between you and God. Obedidom did not tell anybody anything. He didn't tell anybody anything. But he must have cooperated with the ark of God that came to his house. Have you cooperated with the Holy Ghost that has come to reside in you? Have you cooperated with him? Is he controlling your tongue? Or are you using your tongue to lash out to people, to poison people, to beat people? Is the Holy Ghost the one in charge of your tongue or your mouth? Or is it your feelings? For some people, unfortunately, it's actually the devil. The words they are speaking are the words that the devil is bringing through their head. But that ceases to be you from today if you are under the sound of my voice. Come into this walk. It's a walk. We're going to get into that as we go on in this teaching. He said, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the loss of the flesh. It, it's a walk. That, that's what the believer is called to do. Walk in the spirit. And it starts with him like he did on Mount Zion in Acts chapter 2 to take control of your mouth and your tongue. Walk in him. Come and pray. Just speak in the Holy Ghost one more time. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-006-40.